Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Better Faster Podcast. Appreciate you tuning in today. Brandon and I have a couple cool things to review, specifically this NSCA State Conference Brandon went to. So man, you went, you traveled down to Florida. Went to Florida, Sarasota, IMG Academy. Place is yeah. nice. Tell me a little about that. So how does that, how does that academy even work from like, uh, how do you, do you, do you apply? Is there a test to get in? Is it all recruiting for sports and other, I mean, how does it, how does it work? Yeah, so I, I know very little, just more than more than what I knew before heading down there. Right. But just to kind of paint the picture, I, the reason why I went to this in the first place is because, A, I had some Delta E credits that were about to expire because of stuff that got canceled back in 2020. Right. And so I needed to cash those in. And B, I needed a big chunk of NSCA CEU. So this was perfect. And right, so right. most of the people at that conference were people from Florida that had yeah, driven yeah, down. Right. And there were a lot of yeah. people that worked for IMG, coaches, athletic trainers, PTs, and stuff like that that were there in attendance yeah, yeah. as well. Um, but essentially, you not heard of this place? Watching college football over yeah, the years and you know, IMG, this sort of thing, and you know they they're, they recently won a national championship in football. A lot of very successful mm-hmm. female tennis players actually that have yep. come out of that school. And I, I, again, just for some reason, it just kind of slipped my radar. But that place is freaking amazing. I mean, it's huge, giant campus. Just everything is state of the art. They have the, the huge bubble, which is like the the air conditioning, ginormous, like field house sized. Uh, uh, looks like it looks like a bouncy house yeah. without a floor. And their gym. It was very similar to it was, it was, it was kind of what you see that same kind of style that gets outfitted by either Sornix or William Strength these days mm-hmm. you know with the all yeah, squat yeah, racks yeah, yeah. with the force plates and all that kind of stuff so of course you're going to expect that but anyway it's just blah 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 say the art and I think Gatorade being a Florida company was right. a big part of that school too but I digress basically the way that school works is you're either going to get a scholarship and attend school there because it's a four year high school prep school yeah, yeah, yeah. or if you do not get a scholarship you're going to be paying your parents going to be paying $70,000 a year. Goodness gracious. Yeah, and so that's that was I was talking to one of the staff members there and he's like 70 grand a year and I was like what's what's the point it's like just there's levels to this wealth game. People yeah. are rich rich and he called them country club kids. He said it's country club kids and mm. he said and so the parents were taking a gamble, you know, they believe their kid might have a chance to become a D1 athlete. They're going to pay that kind of money and if they yeah. go they go if not then no harm, no foul. They yeah. just, you know, spent a quarter million dollars. That's so, crazy. Yeah, Didn't plus. they just get up like ninety six to nothing or something yeah. out of school and like and like that halftime or something? Yeah, I was crazy. there Saturday the night before they played some school from Canada and they put up ninety six in the first half and <laughs> so the nuts. Canadian school they forfeited it. But yeah, yeah, but yeah, that was that was just a cool spot. And again, for I've, I've been in this game for a long time. For some reason, I was just not aware of what all that school consisted of. Yeah, so yeah. It's, it's a cool facility for sure. Now I've never been to a state conference for the NSCA. So you can can you paint? Yeah, I know because both of us have our CSCS. We we do every year. We get do review uh, things to get CEUs. And by the way, I got I think I mentioned this before. I got audited for my CEU. Yeah. So so they will actually look at your CEUs. So make sure you're actually doing. What was that? Stuff. Was it was it aggressive? Was it like they look over the fine tooth comb, or is it just um, submit some proof of? Yeah, some certificates? I had to submit a bunch of yeah, proof. Okay. Um, okay. And, they, and you know, I didn't get much feedback on top of it. It was just like, thank you for submitting this. Yeah, I basically I, you passed your audit, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't even I didn't get I never actually talked to a person. I just got an email. I had to submit supporting documentation, um, and thankfully all my things were were pretty straightforward. Um, there wasn't any 
any there weren't any things that were like super questionable and I actually right. had been I believe it or not I think I was over the minimum number I wasn't even a minimum number person mm-hmm. um, I think because of whatever we had done we done they have this free quizzes and things I think it pushed me even above the minimum yeah we did a couple and, presentations every, yeah, yeah we did a like presentation so mm-hmm. they just want supporting documents um, but I know you know I've got to think about my CEUs too and I know these state conferences or national conferences and things are all options so how does the state conference a state conference work like how was the structure how many days was it what kind of what how many speakers how did it work so this was, this was one day and it was just basically a essentially an eight to five type of situation so i got the list in front of me so they ended they had one two three four five six. they had eight speakers scheduled one got sick at the last minute so it ended up being seven speakers and they got to talk for about 45 minutes to do 15 minutes q a um, they plugged in an extra hour of like round table to do Q&A to make up for that hour where mm-hmm. that one person was out. But man, it was good. It was a good variety of people. You had, and I, and I guess we'll go through them individually, but you had some personal trainers, some coaches, one affiliated with the Blue Jays, some PhDs up there, and they each had a different specialty, different topic. And yeah. So so it was good. I mean, so there was things that were brand new to me. There were things I'd seen before, but you know, I always say like it's good to get the same information because you're different the second yeah, yeah, or third sure. time you hear it and that kind of thing. So I, I thought it was a pretty solid, pretty solid session. And I was talking to Sean Art, who mm-hmm. the 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 dean of the exercise science department here at USC, and they're actually planning on doing the SE State Conference oh, here in Columbia. So they're working awesome. on that for 2023. So that would be, be good. huge. Yeah, but it was 0.7 CEUs. So it's a big chunk. Yeah, that's a big chunk. Because yep. I think you get six total, like six CEUs, Six right? CEUs for trying them every, yeah, yeah, every three years. And, yeah. and they do, if you remember, it only costs like 110 a year. They give you a bunch of free CEUs by taking the quizzes online. Yeah, so between like those two things, quizzes, basically. Yeah, you can knock it out um, without yeah. having to shell out a ton of time or money with it. But Yeah, I think I'm going to do that. That tac- They have another certification that's like a tactical mm-hmm. strength conditioning coach certification. That's like half of that. It's like three of your six. Yeah, that'll take out. And yeah. so um, no, it's not cheap, and you got to study for it. But I think mm-hmm. that's going to be my big chunk next year because it's not this not this year. This is our PT year, right? right. PT, we got to be done, which I just got my license back and my new one in the mail, so I'm glad to already have checked that box yeah. off. Um, but then, um, yeah, next year, it's the mm-hmm. end of next year, we got to have all that done. For sure. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I definitely, definitely recommend I think it was a good way knock them out and it was I think it was like 75 bucks to register for the thing so you're really just paying yeah, for travel costs so exactly that's not bad especially like if they host one here mm-hmm. in South Carolina I know a lot of our listeners are, are somewhat local so man that's that's an easy yeah. that's an easy one right Absolutely. there Absolutely, sure. uh, but yeah let's go through these, some of these yeah. figures you, you mentioned a little bit when just in passing when you got back about uh, some, some awesome ones there yeah so the the guy that kicked it off was a, a personal trainer his name's Garrett Reed and he did strongman training applications for the for the elderly and special population which and, is so cool that, yeah. that like yeah it's like yeah. strong man for old people. Let's go. And the cool, the cool <laughs> thing about this is is that a lot of his stuff that he plugged was from Robert Linkle, which is the TOA, the training older adult right, guy. Right. He has his own company and several affiliates. That's what Karen yeah, and Todd yeah. are move well, well here. They're, they're mm-hmm. part of their TOA affiliate, and I had no idea going into that. Um, but man, it was good, and I feel like for this, just because of how we've been doing things for so long, it was almost more of a validation for yeah. you, know, you know how to do this kind of stuff because it was going over just some basics. Your you know the, your sled work, your loaded carries, your groundwork, getting up down from the ground, things of that nature, throwing as well too, stuff like that. But it's always a good reminder that sarcopenia is a big problem, and you have to actually introduce a ton of or not a ton, but the right amount of load to actually sure. create changes you need to prevent that stuff from happening. And so I think as a profession, we're getting better over the years, but 100%. historically PTs were underdosing people. Yeah. And it's just a good reminder, this is what 
you actually need. And if you're not doing this, if your clinic's not doing this for whatever reason, the the strength coaches out there, the personal trainers are doing a much better job yeah. of loading people up than you probably are. And so sure. this is a really good, really good, um, again, good validation here. One other interesting thing too about Garrett, and this is just kind of his words, was he was talking about like his his background, his history. So apparently in the strength co- coach world, it's 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 tough. It's very competitive mm-hmm. to get these, these big jobs, these D1 colleges. A lot of times it's who you know, that kind of thing. But a lot of times what will happen is these guys will actually go to China for a certain amount of time. Almost seems like a tour for one to three years, and they'll train some Chinese team. It might be somebody in mixed martial arts. It might be a shooter, a shooter like a rifle team, something like that. Mm-hmm. And once they get that on their resume and they get it established, that carries over really well into the states when they're trying to get another job. And, and the other thing you said, you said the other cool thing about it too is nobody checks references in China because they're not going to call you back. So, <laughs> so he mentioned yeah. that as well too. Um, but. But yeah, I, that was just the interesting thing. Any strength coaches out there that are maybe having trouble, if you're single, you don't have things tying you down here, you can maybe go to another country and build up, build something up and then yeah. come back and it might you might be able to leverage that into a big D1 college or, or like an IMG Academy type place. That's I don't know. so interesting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I never heard of that before. <laughs> yeah, I know. Actually, there's I know there's another person in town that that did. I'm not gonna say his name, but we yeah, talk yeah. about it later. But he did that and he was oh, able okay. to get a, a D1. Maybe. Job. Well, those right. jobs are hard. Out. I was just yep. at Boston College this weekend, mm-hmm. and like it, you talk about the journey some of those people take, some of those strength coaches take before they get that job right. or they get to that level. It's a grind. Yep, you, gotta, for you sure. gotta love it. You gotta really want it for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, next, next one was uh, it was teach perfect form every time, simplifying complex movement coaching. Uh, the guy's name was Gustavo Ramos. Um, he was basically kind of his personal story he was very unapologetic about being a career personal trainer so that's like i'm very happy doing this i feel like i'm making a huge yeah. difference it's very fulfilling i'm not trying to leverage this into right. getting some job in another field yeah, i like what i him. do and and with that he was basically going over some of the things that we know about cueing your internal versus external cues but also just it was keep it simple approach it's you know a good reminder that when you're coaching someone that try to just do one cue at a time. If that's still not working, then you probably gave too advanced of an exercise. You need to scale right. something back. And one of the other interesting things too was um, that when they teach the hip hinge, I know for a lot of times PTs, we like to start with the dowel rod, but he tends to start with just holding two kettlebells and you know by the sides, almost like in a neutral position, mm-hmm. like imagine like a trap bar. And he teaches it to start from that position. It goes okay. on progression. And yeah. Also, a lot of these guys also teach the, and maybe question some of my methods, but they teach the trap bar deadlift as being more of a hinge pattern. I tend to think about that more of a squat type of yeah. pattern. And so they kind of made a case for that too. So that's something I need to kind of rethink a little bit yeah. about whenever we're doing that. I yeah. think I think the, the, I think a few things you can, depending on how you coach it, cue it, and perform it, you can make it more hingy or more <laughs> squatty. And the trap yep. bar, it's like, so where it's hard to make a straight bar squatty without mm. being inefficient, like right. pushing the knees forward, going around your knees. The trap bar, you can push it more into the quads or you can treat it more hingy. Sure. Similar, like, same thing, like, I think, like a goblet squat. Like, you can get a goblet squat and have somebody keep it super upright the way we think of it as mm. it's almost more of like a front squat positioning where your hips are straight into your, into your, uh, in between your, your, heels and your knees are driving pretty far forward uh, and you keep it really quad like but you can use a goblet squat and have somebody sit back to a box and really make it more hinge like so i I mean the trap bar like i don't think it's one or the other i think it can be both it just depends like what's what's the goal for sure the why how do you cue it how are you coaching it you know so i i I mean i get i don't i don't know why it has to be in one camp you Mm -hmm. know um but it's good to recognize like oh yeah i can use this in more than one way yeah for sure for sure 
Uh, next person was, this is Aaron Spano. He's the uh, strength and conditioning coach for the Blue Jays. Yeah, very cool. Um, so he he did a really, his was just very, very practical. You know, mm-hmm. he went over just a lot of the exercises that they use with, with these yeah. athletes, these overhead athletes. And he actually did put up his his programming, just kind of give you the big picture about That's how they sequel cool. things, sequel things throughout the year. And guy was great. You know, he's total total bro. You know, yeah, yeah. Just, just kind of very down to earth. Is he the big, big league guy, minor league guy? Did, he, did so he's, he's out of the, he's out of the Florida team so the okay. minor league guy. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotcha I wonder um, they probably I wonder if he's the I wonder if he's at their spring train complex or if they have a I, I, don't, know, I don't know I'll look him up yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so that I'm not 100% sure mm. um, exactly what specific role he yeah, has yeah. in that organization as far as the tiers go mm-hmm. um, but yeah his was his was very well done I mean he basically did a good job of obviously doing things like we know about training their head athlete with the shoulder thoracic spine but also talking about how to integrate the entire kinetic chain using yeah, yeah. the lower body as well and that sort of thing and, and doing things that you would think of to minimize risk of wrist injuries and shoulder injuries yeah. in the weight room and yeah well, I wonder, I'm curious so he just, thoughts on that he, like, did, he didn't really cleans like, and not catching it just doing pulls during season instead of full cleans he didn't like get that. into that he, okay. no, he, no, and nobody asked maybe that's a question that I should have probably asked because um, I wouldn't think about time but it's just you know using the safety bars and mm-hmm. things of that nature and you know, somebody had asked about using plyo balls, and he was just basically talking about how that's something that you've got to coordinate with the sport coach, with mm-hmm. the actual coach of the team. Because, yeah, yeah. And, and, and that's a thing, that's a general idea with any time you're affiliated with the team is you right. need to make sure that this meets the goal of the uh, coach yep. itself, right? Pitching what coach is going to dictate a lot of stuff for the pitchers. Exactly. Like, it's just inevitable. Yeah. Exactly, right. So it's basically knowing your role, yeah, staying yeah. in your lane in that regard. So everybody kind of mm-hmm. works together, gets along, and everybody wins, essentially. Yeah. But, Did he um, go into bench press at all? Like his thoughts on, like, are we are are, are the are the Blue Jays getting yeah. freaking swole on International <laughs> Chest Day, or are they pulling just like light dumbbells here? Like, there's baseball still polarizing sometimes with certain things. Yeah, I know. Like we always like we think about the Gamecocks back when they won national championship. They called it on um, what they call it, gorilla ball. Yeah, they're they getting strong. Yeah, bro. They like Billy gets them strong. Yeah, I love yeah, it, yeah. man. I love it. But uh, he he uh, man, he didn't like he didn't like it wasn't yeah, like yeah. you know these are exercises we do we need to do. He was just kind of giving just a variety for sure. Uh, just for sure. He's only got 45 minutes too. But I want to say and it, and, uh, and it's all kind of jumbled together in my head. But I want to say like one thing that stood out, and I could probably pull up the slides, but he just you know he had. A picture of somebody on a on a like their their shoulders and the thoracic spine, the shoulder blades on mm-hmm. a on a bench, like basically going short ways instead of long ways, and yeah. like they're basically at the top of a hip thrust and they were benching from there. Okay, with, with with dumbbells. Okay, yeah, yeah. power you're Trying to limit how much extension you're going, like almost a floor press, but combined with a bridge. Kind Potentially, of yeah. yeah. And, and it might just been like you, you know, one of those things where. He's just trying to just get. You're trying to get a lot of bang for your buck. Yeah, just yeah. trying to make things. Yeah, more for sure. I mean, especially, I mean, those minor league guys are playing. It's a hundred and I think 154 game season, 142 game season. Yeah. I think. Um, and so, I mean, they're how you're trying to figure out how to coordinate some weight training around 142 games, right? Like, and their travel schedule. You know, yeah, they're not they're not nuts. staying in nice hotels. They're staying in motels no. in these you know uh, little towns and stuff like that. And so yeah, they're not they're, gonna, they're not eating well, right? They're not, exactly. They're not getting paid. Well yeah, they're not getting paid. Well, yeah, yeah. You know? So yeah, yeah. He's got a lot of variables. Paying their dues. Yeah, yep. yeah, mm-hmm. but no, it was um, yeah, but I mean, he did it. He did a good job. I wouldn't say there was anything super mind blowing about any of that, mm-hmm. but again, it's just fundamentals, you know, which is which is great. It's good yeah. to re- hear hear those again, like you said, mm-hmm. like you're hearing it again. Ten, you know, how many years in practice now? 12, 11, mm-hmm. 12, 12, 12 years. Yeah, twelve, 12 years into practice, which you know. is different than hearing that. You know, uh, your first year of practice for right? sure. So it's good. It's good. To, it's good to have that for sure. Um, and then the, the last two kind of went together. One was like a didactic, and was a practical, but it was basically just going over speed dynamics. So it was two guys. One was uh, Kevin Heiberger. The other one was um, Stefan Visk. 
Um, so the they were basically talking a lot about sprint mechanics and mm -hmm. the way that they coach that and things that they've kind of learned over the years. A lot yeah. of a lot of your the first one was just a lot of your basic drills and it was all about acceleration so it wasn't okay. talking about you know reaching terminal velocity it was like how do we train this and a lot of that comes down to just more mechanics more than anything yeah. else that's what they were preaching okay. and um cueing stiff ankle so a lot of that's one of those things like everything's polarizing but a lot of times coaches will coach maximum dorsiflexion right. and that's one Which thing it's not that, a super strong position yes, necessarily there's yeah. a lot of people diminishing returns so they're more so trying to coach stiff ankle, more of a neutral ankle, and go over okay. mechanics in, in that regard. And so, um, and then I got segued into um, the practical version of that, actually doing the drills. But the cool thing about that wasn't so much the drills; it was more so the dynamic warm up. They have this really long full page dynamic warm up, which was pretty cool. Just a lot of movements yeah. I'd never seen before. Like they incorporate a lot of like rolling. Um, and like like laterally forwards and backwards with some of the stuff that they do, everything they do you're going basically forwards and backwards with it and that kind of thing. So um, it was very expansive. Like it took like it was, you know, it def definitely if you're going to that school, your life revolves around playing a sport. But like, that normal warm up takes about 20 minutes to do every single time. But it was it was pretty sweet. Yeah, interesting. Yep. But it was like big concepts. You know, it was like things you know the purpose of it is your primer cnf take your joints range of motion blah, blah blah but it was still very much like a ramping up over the 20 minutes yeah. which is pretty did cool. they did they talk about programming their sprint work at all like did they like how they do that when they do that how often they're having people sprint maximally like they talk about any of that kind of stuff they they didn't talk about that and the reason why is because when when kevin started the presentation he was like listen this is all about just teaching acceleration we're not getting into maximum term velocity we're not talking about um using bands using assistance and that sort yeah, of yeah. thing we're, we're just talking about how we coach and teach acceleration so yeah that, that was the reason why okay i got yeah. you yeah yeah now the round table that occurred in the morning maybe if that's something in the afternoon you probably could ask about it. i got some information yeah. but it wasn't part of the part yeah of i'm just always curious about how people feel mm -hmm. about that with like you know I, I, I get a lot of people now are talking about we need to sprint at more maximal velocity type stuff more often to expose Expose the body to it, so to reduce potential soft tissue injuries, and why why do people have so many soft in tissue injuries in camp? Yep. And when they get their football, it's because they really haven't been sprinting maximally, and all of a sudden we're asking them to, yep. and it's and so there's so there's some interesting thoughts there, and I'm curious that, and that's so that's not my expertise, so I'm curious to well that to actually hear that kind of in, stuff. in a way so the, there's one more section in a way they kind of dove into that mm -hmm. a little bit. So the last one was on holistic shoulder care, so it was basically their system, the IMG system for keeping overuse shoulder injuries at bay. So this was. Uh, Will Townsley, and he actually just basically had um, one of his baseball players out there that mm -hmm. kind of demonstrated that he was mainly yeah. doing exercise and stuff like that. But he did preface with, you know, is are we really prevent? Is it really overuse or is it being underprepared? And he kind of made more of the case yeah, underprepared, the really good workload stuff like that. And so he referenced when you know even in Florida things got shut down for a little bit. Mm -hmm. So when everything got shut down, he said that all the coaches had a lot of time to get together and and talk about things and. Um, they knew that these athletes were, you know, they got their seasons canceled, they weren't training mm -hmm. near as much, and so they were coming from like six months of load and activity to coming back and then having to compete. And then he said, you know, my, I'm in, I'm, I'm, for my sports, I'm in charge, I think, 220, 220 athletes. Mm. And he said, we only had two shoulder injuries with the wow. baseball players. Okay. So Sounds said, like a pretty good percentage. Yeah, I don't yeah. know the data, but right. yeah. And so I, I, as far as what they changed, I'm not 100% sure. But some of the stuff that they demonstrated, again, it wasn't necessarily groundbreaking, but it was just like a good blend of 
closed chain work, a lot of crawling patterns, like a lot, like in every direction, yeah, yeah. like having not to, just grab your your band and do your band, not exactly, yeah, your yeah. thrower's ten bands, active stuff. positions, you know, trying mm-hmm. to promote a lot of protraction, scapular rotation. They did do a little crossover symmetry, yeah. just some of the basics you'd see there. Um, some you know inverted kettlebell stuff, bottoms up kettlebell stuff, yeah, yeah. Um, arm bars, things of that nature. But honestly, I think the theme with that was. They were just incorporating more volume on the warm-up side and more yeah, yeah. loading open and closed chain, I guess, just to prep those yeah. tissues, essentially. You mentioned earlier plyo balls when we were talking about a different topic, mm-hmm. right? Did they? Did he talk about the use of plyo balls in their shoulder care program? He did. So he basically, he said something, I'm paraphrasing here, he said plyo balls have their place and their yeah, players yeah. do use them, but he referred back to it comes down to what the coaches want in yeah, that regard. for sure. But he did, but they, those are apparently part of their program. That's, I mean, that's the huge shift in the baseball world right now. It seems like everybody is doing different mm-hmm. ball routines. It's it's different than the weighted ball phenomenon we've seen kind of where mm-hmm. it's like you're throwing, you're actually throwing heavier and lighter and different mm-hmm. weighted baseballs and actually throwing them and sometimes at maximum velocities. Some people are still incorporating that too, but these, these plyo balls is part of a lot of times warm up and off day arm care. Mm-hmm. It is just seems to be like it's, it, I find it odd when I have a baseball player right now that isn't doing it. Sure. Um, it's just so it's that prevalent. It's, yeah, it's like, I feel, uh, you know, it just seems like, you know, when we get pro ball guys in here, when we get some of the college guys in here, we get high school guys in here, they're all, you know, incorporating some of it. I mean, not not every single one, but I feel like it, the majority are now. Yeah. Um, so I'm always curious as to how people are implementing because like that wasn't a thing when I was playing. I I didn't have a I didn't have a plyo ball. You yeah. know, picked up a ball and started throwing. Honestly, like, honestly yeah. I think I think that probably should have been its own lecture. They probably should have somebody come out there because it's still so yep. polarizing. I'd, I'd like to know just the ins and outs of it yeah. about like when it's used, how it's used, how it's programmed. Yeah. But I, I would think that it's just like anything else. If it's going to be incorporated, we need to make sure that the athlete's tissues are prep for that yeah so it needs to be a lot of stuff you, done on the front end you probably can run into the exact same issue of where like you're you're asking somebody especially if they, we know everything trickles down in baseball a lot of times to where these youth athletes starts doing what college guys and pro mm-hmm. guys are doing and they're just maybe not prepared so you wonder if like these plyo balls and then throwing them at, with like high, high intent you know um if that it will potentially lead to more issues going yeah. forward i you know again that's 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 so interesting about you know youth baseball is still a still a freaking wild wild west you yeah know? It, it's, it's still a game of attrition yeah they're, it they're, is. they're gonna they're gonna get yep. you know 10 athletes on the plyo ball one or two might make it and those are gonna be the yeah. ones that rise to the top that's know? curious that's a wide range of topics though yeah that yeah was it was yeah it was it was solid um yeah like i said it's it's you know, a little bit of holistic approach. The only one that was missed was a. I was actually looking forward to this one. But they were talking about heart rate variability. I know that had gotten so popular last it did. five I'm years. Still wearing my straps and like that. So I would have loved to get an update on that. But um, obviously, there's stuff going around flu and stuff. So that person was sick. Um, yeah, I'm curious there. about that too. And, and and I try not to be. I try not to be a slave to the data. You know, for lack of a better expression, to where like, oh my gosh, my heart rate variability is in the tank today. Like, I better not train very hard. Mm-hmm. It's like if I still feel good, I'm probably still going to train the way I would normally would. Um, but I am curious to see how maybe someone like if they're I don't know what the talk around variability was going to be, but like how they incorporate into maybe their readiness. You know, readiness questionnaires pre-training. Do they have people change what they're doing based on? Or are they testing it? You know, uh, to look to see the effect of a training block on somebody, or are they looking at it post-competition to determine? You know, what happens. I, I, I'm just 
curious to see what people are doing with it. Yeah, you know, I look at mine sure. every day. You know, mm-hmm. I, I know what mine is. Mine's usually in the tank most days, but that's for whole other reasons other than training. Does, hard. does it influence what you do? What you're no. doing? With training? <laughs> no, yeah. no, there are other life factors that influence sure, what sure, I end sure. up doing training wise. Yeah. Um, you know, it is. It, it does. It does seem to correlate with when I do get into a rhythm of some better. Uh, lifestyle practices you know mm-hmm. when i'm sleeping a little bit more when i haven't been tra- i mean we've been traveling so much lately when i haven't been traveling um when i'm you know feel like i'm actually recovering from training sure. it's like the it definitely does seem to match up uh at least you know for the most part mm-hmm. but i'd be curious to yeah I'm, I'm, uh, that would have been a fun talk yeah yeah no doubt so mm-hmm. um speaking of traveling yeah you've had some stuff coming up right it's a lot of body tempering yeah we were in boston good. we were just at boston college and their football facility it was awesome they uh they played duke on friday night unfortunately get not, did not get the win but they they had a freshman quarterback got his first start and he actually looked great through like four touchdown passes. like <laughs> there the future might be bright in boston college man like that that kid looked good mm, um, yeah the uh yeah i know there's mm. still uh yeah, it's still the ACC, yeah. but um, <laughs> well, we're letting our bias show through there a little bit. <laughs> um, but so that was Friday night. So we had the, we had the course in Boston College's football facility on Saturday, and you want to talk about an absolutely beautiful facility. This indoor, uh, like the indoor football facility, is incredible. And of course, they had the weight room right next to it. So we mm-hmm. did most of the stuff in the weight room, but goodness gracious, you know, facility for for you know facility that's not like I'm used. To, I've been in the Carolinas facility. I've been in some of these ones, and and. You can't beat Carolina's facility. Right. It's absolutely incredible. But to see, like, you know, this is, you know, a, a school that maybe doesn't have the as long of a tradition or maybe isn't in the SEC where that kind of SEC money is. Mm-hmm. And, and But this facility was, you know, we're talking 1A, 1B kind of thing. Like, it's right. up there. It's beautiful. Um, and the coaches there, uh, we had a couple of the coaches attend. The head guy, Phil Matus, awesome, is the head football strength coach. And one of the assistants, Brandon Martuccio, is there. And they're they're great. And they've been fans of Donnie for a while. And they we're, we're excited to be up there. And and get to do that in their weight room. You know, that's probably the nicest. Other than the informal stuff we've done at Carolina, we've never run a full course at Carolina. We've done stuff just with the staff yeah. at different times. And um, other than that, like this is probably the nicest facility we've done a full course in. For sure. And man, it was it was fun. Yeah, it was really cool. That's taking off. So yeah, you got another it's, it's another booming. one in Florida in December, and then um, some a lot of online stuff. We're, we 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 realized so- we can't. Unless we're just all of a sudden going to start traveling to Europe and Australia, we got to we got to be able to have an online option, and it's, we've really struggled with how to best do that to where we can truly teach and evaluate how well someone does it right. Because I mean, these are heavy rollers. Like you got to you got to be using them right and, and and making sure that you know for the safety of, of everybody involved. And so the uh, we we think we found the structure with that, and it's been a lot of prep and a lot of videoing and a lot of typing and a lot of other things. So I'm ready to release it and then take a break from it. <laughs> yeah, and once again. Um, uh, we will hopefully have everything done by the end of the year. That's nice. the plan. That's the plan. If, if it is January and we have not released what we had, then we got a serious problem. Right. I'm hoping it's well before that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but it's been a lot where I give a shout out to Tim and Tony, my, my, my by tempering peeps with me. Um, and of course, Donnie himself, but, um, Tim and Tony have been crushing it. Tim, Tim, man, that dude is, is an animal workhorse wise. He can, he can just put his head down and just grind through content creation. And, good. uh, so it's been, it's been fun. We're ready for that to be released. Yeah. It's so. been good seeing that stuff take off. Yeah. Man. yeah so it's happy, been fun, feel, man. For Donnie, so good, yeah, good deal. Good. There. Yeah. So the last thing we got to switch gears here. You had an interesting case recently that you referred out. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. There's um, uh, yeah. The um, I had a post-op low back, um, a laminectomy. Um, long story there. Um, had some like infection issues, some other things, right? Like really long story. Finally get gets into PT, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I was doing really well initially, but was getting some soreness that was maybe unexpected, like unexpected lower back soreness that maybe wasn't even 
where I would expect it based on where his surgery was performed and what was going on. His previous symptoms, previous symptoms were a ton of symptoms down his leg, none of that kind of stuff. But it was more like just, uh, yeah. Flank? Yeah, flank, more like flank soreness a little yeah. bit. It was, it was just, it was a little odd and unexpected being that like, you know, he was in far enough away from post-op stuff. He'd been doing well. And so we, you know, over, you know, what my first instinct was like, all right, well, I mean, I just need to cut volume back, right? Maybe I'm going too fast, too soon. So we cut some volume back. Um, and it was the same kind of thing, but still just like this just generalized soreness that just didn't make sense. Generalized fatigue that wasn't really getting any better, getting any worse or everything. And so, you know, and talking a little bit more about, you know, just, you know, almost reevaluating a little bit and you find out that, you know, Waitley had seen maybe a little blood in his urine kind of thing. And so it was like, all right, we're getting this checked out, buddy. Like, uh, it's not a, you know, you get, you need to go see somebody and it turns out and it turned out to be, you know, kidney stone, which, you know, we know can refer some stuff a little back. So maybe some of the soreness is feeling wasn't overworking the tissues in the area of where he'd had his surgery. Um, but it actually ended up where he couldn't pass it. He'd go in and get it too. Mm -hmm. So it's like, yeah. So, uh, how they do um, that? I think there's only one way you go in there, but yeah. um, I'm pretty sure. I think uh, you know, I, again, I, I'd be lying if I said I know all the details. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's the only thing that happened. That's it. Um, I don't know. We gotta ask. Uh, we gotta ask our, our buddy Todd. Yeah, because uh, Todd's had like a dozen of them. Oh, yeah, God. I don't know if they've got any. Got all. I hear that's more painful than childbirth. Oh man, I don't. I don't. I hope I never have to experience mm. that. Uh, this, but. Uh, yeah, so it was. Yeah, so that one was one of those ones where it was just a little odd that that the soreness was hanging around. And you know, it's it, it's kind of hard because it's a, a post op lower back, so you would expect maybe there is some soreness. Right. You're introducing, you're starting to get away from the BLTs, right? Mm -hmm. you know, the no bending, lifting, twisting, or on. But so we're starting to introduce those things. We're bending more, we're lifting more, we're twisting more. So maybe some soreness. You're thinking, all right, there's some here, but it was just behaving a little weird. Mm -hmm. It like it was not. It, it it didn't follow the typical of like all right after the activity it it got you know, more sore, but then it got better along the timeline we expect, you know, general delayed onset muscle soreness would follow. And, and so it was a little odd. And thankfully we were, we were sitting there talking about some other things and just more lifestyle stuff and going through that. And, and, uh, I referenced, you know, you're, you know, making sure I was like, we're not getting any like weird numbs tingling or anywhere. Right. Any changes with like bowel and bladders, the stuff we ask initially, you know, your initial stuff you're asking, but I don't know if I'm always asking that on every visit. Right. You know, yeah. unless there's some reason to, and he goes, Oh yeah, actually, you know, I saw some, so I was seeing some blood in my urine the other day, just a little bit, and I was like, "All right, we're you need to go. We need to go get this checked mm -hmm. out." And thankfully, um, thankfully they figured out what was going on, and now um, uh, you know it, we can hopefully be smooth sailing from here. Sure. But so that that was one that wasn't a. It was just one of those things of like if it's for some reason it's not progressing the way you think it should, maybe do kind of almost a reevaluation kind of thing. And that's just what it, it wasn't even a full reval. It was just asking yep. questions, right? You know. Yep. Um, but thankfully got got it looked at and. Hopefully, we'll be good from here. Nothing builds better trust of the patient than a proper yeah, referring out sure. like that. Yeah, uh, sure. it's scary. It's some scary stuff, though, man. When yep. you're uh, when you're sitting there and you're like, I got, oh I, yeah, I saw some. I'm, you know, you, the blood in urine that is a that is one of those things that like it should very much trigger like trigger something in your brain. Not even as a clinician, but as a patient, anybody who's listening, you you pee some blood in it. That's that's never, not good. That's never, never like there's so that was a, a fairly I feel like easy referral to make because I think we all kind of recognize like that's probably not supposed to be there. Yeah, yeah. For, from our lens. But, yeah, yeah, for sure. Know, again, like if someone is untrained, then it might be like oh, let me just keep an eye on this. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. yeah. So so thankfully that was good. That was um, but that that was good. So yep. um, good in that we're now in, in now the right hands get taken right. care of that kind of stuff. Good um, pickup, man. Yeah, for yeah. Sure. It's like yeah, it's um. Just happy that guy's hopefully not going to yeah. be hurting anymore. And uh, for sure, that's yeah. I don't want to think about getting one of those. That's just no fun. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
So I think that's it. All right, I think that's all we got. I think we have everything um, so. you, got a, you got an update for the listeners about the Ironman? Have you all registered yet? <laughs> Not officially. However, we do have confirmation Mara's going to do it. So she's now we need to it. actually register. Mara has said, and I'm putting it out there in the universe, Mara, um, that she's going to do it. Um, What's the so hold up? so What's that the means way? we have to do Marilyn. We just need to do it. Now okay. Now that she said yes. Okay. But okay. now we may have, I'm going to put another person on blast here. I'm going to put another person. So my my main man, my neighbor, my friend, and a gym client, Ross Wigington. Ross. Right? Ross is thrown out there that he might do this, right? And uh, and he is saying he's going to. He say, even said the other day, quote, in our text, um, uh, I've even started running, right? So so look, I need to pull this up just because I'm going I'm to put it. I'm putting it out there. Is Ross because, a Clydesdale? Is yeah. he to something to do something? I don't know. I said, I said, so here's a text. I said, you're going to do it with me. Um, and he, because um, we were actually talking the random question, yeah. the random thing. We were talking about the tactical games. Mm-hmm. And we were asking, like, is it, like, actually cool? Or do people think it's, like, uh, those of us who didn't serve just trying to be badass kind of thing? Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I think it's pretty cool. But um, so we were, th- by putting our group text, I was like, you are anyone down to maybe do this one day and train for it and do that kind of stuff? And he goes, how are we going to have time to do that when we're training for the tr- this Ironman next year? I was oh, like, so you put it out oh, there. I know it. So I said, yeah. you're you going to do it with me? He goes, I'm in. I already started running. And so it's in the universe, Ross. Now Love it's it. in the universe. It. Awesome. <laughs> so it might be three of us doing this cool. next year. Cool. Um, we do need to register. I, I need to I need to pull it up on the computer and have each one of us do it yeah. <laughs> at the same time because I don't want them backing out on me. I got a swim lesson tomorrow morning. All right. Yep, so shout out to Jan. We've done like three mm-hmm. swim lessons now. So this will be number three. This will be yeah, number man. three. Um, I did not swim as much in between as I probably should have. So uh, I'm going to have to tell Jan tomorrow I didn't. Uh, oh, she'll know. She'll know. Oh, yeah. I, well, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm still so bad. It, it didn't matter if I swam every day <laughs> since then. It still would be very good. But uh, it's getting better. It's getting good. better. Good. Mm-hmm. Well, as always, be sure to hit the like button, subscribe to the podcast, share it, tell your friends and family, mm-hmm. and take advantage of all the sponsors and affiliates in the show notes. This is Better Faster Podcast. We're out. Give me the range and let me run, cause I ain't never had too much fun.